Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode 56 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG. Bowl season is underway. we got seven bowl games in the book so far, including today's famous Toastery Bowl. We saw Western Kentucky come back from being down 28 to knock off ODU in overtime, 38-35. Also prompted our friend Jason Kirk to call it, quote, the greatest famous toastery bowl of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with, the, uh, with the bigger bowl still to come, we thought it would be fun to kick things off this week by going around and picking our favorite games from this past year. So, Casey, you want to kick things off? I think we all know that my memory isn't always the greatest on this kind of thing. So there were Clemson a lot of Duke. <laughs> yeah, well, I forgot You're about that one. <laughs> there were a lot of good good games this year. There were a lot of great games this year, but I went completely off the board early in the show tonight and am going with the Division Three National Championship just last week between SUNY Cortland and New, from New York and North Central University from Illinois. Did you guys watch any of this by any chance? Casey, come on. All right. So. This may this may also be in honor of our guest later in the show, but I'm not going to spoil say. it now. The the score at halftime was 7-3 in favor of North Central, and at that point I really truly wondered why I was even watching that game, but I'm sure I started folding laundry or some other adulting task and was absolutely glued to the TV for the second half. It was such a roller coaster ride that Cortland came out that came out the champs after trading two touchdowns each in the last three minutes. And then North Central scored with a minute and 20 seconds left in the game and decided to go for two to presumably win the game rather than kick. And Cortland stopped a pitch-type play on the conversion and celebrated their first ever national championship. It was electric. Game of the year by far. And they now have more national championships than Virginia Tech. <laughs> All right, I'm saying that you win. <laughs> you win today's podcast already. So, all right, Joy, I'm guessing you did not go with a non-FBS game for your. <laughs> you would be correct, and I'm sure you're going to be absolutely shocked when I tell you I went with an all SEC game as well. I had a couple of LSU games that I could have picked, but I'm actually going to go the Iron Bowl. I absolutely love the Iron Bowl. It always lives up to the hype. It is always just. Like, you just never know what you're going to get. I always love it because Auburn plays like they're the defending national champions every year when they play Alabama. And this year, Alabama was really, really struggling. And I don't care who you are. Just as much as I remember the kick six when Auburn ran it back and beat Alabama, I will remember a fourth and, what, 31 for quite some time as well. So that game always just gives legendary moments. And it did that again this year. And so for that, I will, I'll be talking about that game for a very long time. So like for me, that has to be one of my most memorable. Yeah, and the ripple effects from that game. Yeah. Now, right? If they don't get fourth and 31, who gets in the playoff? Yeah. yeah. Florida State I mean, fans that, hate Alabama now. I'm just like, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a single like iconic play that was like bigger in a rivalry game and had more long lasting effects than that one. I mean, I'm sure there have been other ones, but just I mean, that, that was a pretty astounding turn in a bunch of different ways. For sure. All right, MBG. I know you're, we had Joyce flu game a couple of weeks ago. I know this is your MJ flu game this week. I'm tough. I'm tougher than Joyce, So it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I showed up. Yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> You're such a jerk sometimes. Shade said you throw it joy every week. Every week. I'm like, what do I do to you? All right. So I had trouble picking games. Like the Ole Miss LSU game was one of the better games of the year. I, I like that game. Obviously, the Ohio State Michigan game uh, was fantastic just because of what was at stake. But I chose the Texas Oklahoma game. There was also a lot at stake 
in that game, both in terms of rivalry, and it looked like, you know, whoever was going to win that game was probably going to win the Big 12. It didn't end up being that way, but it's kind of the way it looked. But, man, that game kind of went back and forth. Texas was down big, and then in the third quarter, I think they were down 10, and they came back and took the lead late in the fourth quarter. Looked like uh, I think they went up three. Oklahoma had the ball, maybe a couple minutes left, drove down. They had no timeouts left. I don't know if you guys remember this. They had no timeouts left. Yep. They had the ball on about the 10-yard line, and Gabriel looks like he's going to get sacked. I mean, it looks like the pocket's just collapsing on him. And if he gets sacked, they probably don't even have enough time to get the field goal team out there. Somehow he comes out of there throwing it to the tight end in the back of the end zone with about 15 seconds left and winning that game. And Gabriel had, I mean, that was almost a Heisman-type game. At that point in the season, he was fantastic that game. So that was my favorite game of the year. Didn't really help Oklahoma that much in the long run, but it was a fun game. Yeah, no, that was a good one. So I'm I'm cheating a little. I'm going with Oregon-Washington because I thought both the games they played this year were great. The regular season game in October was really fun. I thought Oregon outplayed them most of the game. They missed a field goal at the end. They could have tied it, ended up losing by three. Then the Pac-12 championship game was back and forth, and that game was wild. Oregon was down, I think, 20-3. to came back and went ahead 24-20. I think they scored three touchdowns in a row. Then Washington scored the next two touchdowns to go ahead 10, ended up hanging on for a 34-31 win. Two games played at a high level with quarterbacks who finished second and third in the Heisman voting. You don't see that very often, if ever, really. So I thought both those games lived up to the hype. And, you know, if the Pac-12 has to go out, that wasn't a bad way, you know, for it to go out with a few. They had some really great games this year. And, I mean, Say what you want about Washington. I mean, they're having a magical season, and I mean, they could win it all. I, I haven't, still haven't decided who I think is going to win the whole thing, but I think they certainly have a chance because they've already won a couple games. I thought they didn't have much of a chance of winning. So, yeah, it was tough to choose. There are a lot of good ones this year, especially Cortland and Northern. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but on that note, did you see the end to the Montana North Dakota State game the other night in overtime? No. That was a wild game, too. That was a fun game, too. But um, Hello, dude. He's like, no. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell us what happened. but yeah. I, wanted, well, I was watching Albany. but Yeah. No, it was, it was in overtime, and Montana was going for a two-point conversion. They ran some, like, halfback pass. that looked like the halfback was going to get sacked. Clear back at the 20. Throws up some prayer. They catch it for the two-point conversion. It was it was, it was pretty fun finish. I college coaches like to run a halfback pass on two point conversions a lot more than they do in any other like area of the field for some reason. That drives me nuts. Like you got a two point conversion that the game to decide the game, and they always run some cute play. Right. It was like you're gonna take the ball in quarterback's hands. Right. North, right, North, right, Dakota, right. North Dakota did that. They scored, they ran like three plays, just ran. Ran up between the tackles three times, scored a touchdown. So what do they do on the two-point conversion? They uh -huh. try some – no, they tried line and – they put all the line, so there's just the center and, like, a wide receiver, and the whole line is clear over the side. Like, why do that? You just ran the ball three times, five, ten yards a carry, and then all of a sudden you can get cute when the game's on the line. I don't, I don't get that. It drives me nuts. We sound like crotchety old men, right? Yellow neck clouds. That's that's why I didn't contribute. Put that on. I'll put that on a message board. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is we usually have our mailback question this week. In lieu of a mailback question, we're going to do a follow up to a poll that MBG posted a couple of weeks back, where he asked people to vote for their favorite Christmas movie. I think it was out of Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Christmas Story, and Step Brothers, which led to a lot of spirited discussion. A lot of people were not happy with the, well, some people were very happy the Step Brothers got included because it's a brilliant movie, but we're questioning whether it was actually a Christmas movie. So we thought just as a follow-up to that, we'd go around this week and each of us could name our three favorite Christmas movies and see if how much ours match up with, I think the voting came down, I think Christmas Vacation won a pretty big landslide, right? With almost half the vote. I think Home Alone was second. Step Brothers was a distant fourth despite its, brilliance as you know that's a top five comedy for me but if people were questioning the christmas bona fides in bg so <laughs> <laughs> that's a top one comedy <laughs> and, <laughs> and it most certainly is a christmas movie real quickly a very very good piece of parenting 
decided to let my 13 year old twins watch their first R rated movie. And it was Step Brothers. And I regretted it um, about eight minutes in. I think <laughs> I'd forgotten a lot of <laughs> what was in that movie. So I was doing a lot of cringing and questioning my parenting ability for that you know, hour and 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah, sometimes you don't remember how bad a movie can be until you watch it with your kids. And then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely <laughs> forgot about the uh, nutsack on the drum set. Had I. <laughs> Which my son particularly enjoyed, but anyway, <laughs> Casey, what are you going with for your uh, favorite Christmas slash holiday movies? Well, so these questions just keep getting better and better, regardless of what my, I may say during the segment every week. Although this one came from MBG, so I don't know. Again, kissing up to the boss. This one has me thinking because there's so many good answers and no wrong answers. But if I have to rank my top three, I'm going with drum roll, please. I can't get a drum roll. All right, I'll do this without this time. But number well, three, you're gonna put in like a sound effect. <laughs> I didn't want you to actually do it because, like, I wrote it down, and I didn't want you to actually do it. It was gonna ruin my whole joke. But anyway, number three, I'm going with Love Actually, arguably one of the greatest movies of all time, regardless of season. And all my buddies make fun of me because I love chick flicks. And here's rightfully more so, Casey. Right more fodder for those people. I think I make up for it with my number two, and I'm going with Bad Santa. Any That's movie it. that breaks the record for F-bombs, most F-bombs mm. used in a script is in my top three movies ever. There's nothing more accurate than F-bombs at Christmas time and, and a <laughs> cute little fat kid that just wants sandwiches. It warms your heart, really, truly, this time of year. And then my number one is Rudolph the Red-Dose Reindeer. This one, uh, you know, the one where they go to the island of Misfit Toys and Hermie the Elf tells Santa he wants to be a dentist. Maybe it's Frosty the Snowman. I'm not sure. It's one of those cartoon movies from the <laughs> 70s in all likelihood that still get played on network television today. It's a beautiful message. I'm not sure what the message is, but it's beautiful nonetheless. Those are my three. So, Casey, my main issue with that one is when I was in high school, a couple of my buddies told me that I look like the I want to be a dentist guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to piss me off. <laughs> So, so that one's down my list. Oh, the high school—they're not their college buddies, so they're not. No, this is high school. <laughs> All right, Joy, what are your top three? I absolutely know that none of you are going to have my top Christmas movie as your top Christmas movie because my top Christmas movie is Eloise at Christmas Time, which you probably have not even heard of. You have to literally like rent it on Prime if you want to watch it, but it is like the type of movie that just like heals my inner child. It is like my Christmas movie. I've met one other person in the entire world that watches it, but I watch it every Christmas five or six times. It's just like my Christmas comfort movie. And I don't really know why other than the fact that like the acting is horrible and <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like one of the most atrocious movies that's probably ever been made, uh, but it's a dream. I Love it so much, and it really does heal my inner child. Um, my second favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Hot Take. I think the second one's better than the first. I just I will always love Home Alone 2. Um, I just think, and now that I know what Kevin McAllister looks like as an adult, it makes the movie that much funnier because he now looks like one of the kids, like one of the people that would have robbed him and or kidnapped him, and that just brings joy to my soul. And then my number three favorite Christmas movie is Deck the Halls. I don't know if y'all remember that one, but it's where like the two dads are fighting to like have the most lit up house and they go to like dramatic extremes to do so. And it is just like, it's a movie that we always watch as a family. It makes us laugh. And like Casey said, you know, F-bombs at Christmas, those are a normal in my household. So anything that can make us laugh and stop fighting for an hour and a half is, is good in my book. So those are my top three Christmas movies. So, <laughs> so this would be so much better if this was video. So Casey just left a picture of the I want to be a dentist guy. And yeah, the, the resemblance in high school was unfortunate. <laughs> you had the wavy hair. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You know, feathered hair was big in the 80s, Casey. <laughs> so, Joy, knowing that Kevin McAllister was a young jigsaw doesn't take any of your <laughs> enjoyment out of watching Home Alone. I don't know if y'all remember last week, but I'm the one that went to war for Kevin McAllister. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it doesn't. Not at all. All right, MBG. Well, I'll have to go reverse order. So, number three. There's some recency bias here, admittedly, but number three, I like Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. That's a funny movie. I chick like that flick. one. I was going to say, that's definitely a chick flick. 
No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Joy, I'm way too cool to like chick flicks. So, and it's I got like Reese it. in it, so man. It wins. So, four Christmases. Number two is uh, Christmas Vacation. I mean, that's a classic. I could watch that over and over and over again. And number one is, of course, Step Brothers, which is a Christmas movie. <laughs> you can watch it anytime on TV during Christmas. And there's Christmas in the movie itself. So it's a Christmas movie. Um, and so it's number one because it's the number one movie of all time. And it's a Christmas movie. So it has to be the number one Christmas movie. <laughs> Here we go. Stretching over there, Amidri. Hey, your yours was your top Christmas movie is when you said that the acting wasn't even good. <laughs> you should <laughs> you should see Will Ferrell and and John C. Riley. That is some tremendous acting in Step Brothers. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, anyway. the story the story's flawless. The acting is perfect. <laughs> it it might be the most quotable movie of all time. And it warms your cockles during the during the holidays. It warms your what? <laughs> Just PG thirteen, Casey. <laughs> You're not supposed to make me uncomfortable until at least. It's an anatomy piece. It's a, it just look it up. I have no idea what it means. I was gonna say I don't trust you at all. Just tell me what it means. <laughs> all right, so I'll I'll do what MBG did. I'll go in reverse order. Number three, I'm going with Gremlins. This is partially of when I grew up. I think it came out in '84. Anyone who was my age and remembers Phoebe Cates in. Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Gremlins will understand why this is one of my three favorite Christmas movies. She played a very important part in my young teenage life. So that'll be number three. Um, <laughs> number two is Elf. I know this is a divisive one. People either love it or hate it. It's a incredibly quotable movie in my house. My kids use You Sit on a Throne of Lies all the time. And they literally have said to me before when I'm pissed off about something He's an angry elf. So uh, just <laughs> for those two reasons alone, that's got to be on the list. And then, uh, I mean, Christmas Vacation is a classic. Uh, just Cousin Eddie and the white, he's, I think he's wearing a white sweater with the black turtleneck dickie. The dickie. <laughs> just for some reason, the visual of that and, you know, the full quote is just an all-timer. So uh, <laughs> I know that's a little chalky, but especially the second, number one and number two, but that's my top three. My favorite one is when he goes up to Rusty and says, hey, let's go find your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That cracks me up every time. Every, I mean, he's a nutbag now. I don't know if you've read anything about him over the last like 10 or 15 years, but his character in Vacation and Christmas Vacation both is just flawless. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly dumb this week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, I had an unexpected landslide victory with Kadarius Tony getting 80% of the vote, followed by Joy's nominee, the Kool-Aid Misunderstanders, with 13%. Casey's nominee, Life of Fitz, came in third with 4%. And MBG's nominee, Armando Chamorro, did I do that, do that correctly? That was perfect. Right. Was well, a close fourth with 3%. So nominally with 18 wins, followed by Joy with 11, Casey with 10, Courtney with one, MBG with zero. Casey, you've reached, or MBG, you've reached a nice round number. You're now 0 and 40. And again, every week I say this, but I've had to go to the high school ranks a whole lot recently. And this is another week where I had to do that. For reference, in 2008, the Rogers High School Pirates of Spokane knocked off their rival North Central 49-7 to to end a 40-game losing streak. The lead of the local newspaper story read, Skydivers parachuting into Joe Albee Stadium on Friday weren't the most unusual sight. The biggest surprise was Rogers High School winning their first game <laughs> since the last election cycle, which just <laughs> It seemed wow. like a whole lot of shade to throw at a high school team, but it still made me laugh. So anyway, MBG, once again, you're in fine company. Congrats, MBG. Yeah, it's a big one. Rogers High School, man. The Pirates. Yep, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey, who do you have this week? 
I've been having a real hard time with the genius of the week the last couple weeks, 4% last week. At this point, I'm just trying to beat MBG, stay out of the basement. This week is going to be a tough one for me because I didn't come up with anything good. I think I'll just go with transfer transfer portal guys and not the guys that leave and get in better situations for themselves. No, it's the ones that are going in asking for gobs of money or guys that commit to one school and then flip again. It's like, I get it. You want to go find greener pastures, but for... I can't even think of the word for crap's sake. Like, figure it out. It's just football. I've really got nothing else this week. Boring as hell. Give me three percent, please. I we, please. I think we got a thank you so much. I think we got a message board post from you coming on later in the show. I think so. Casey, have you seen Letter Kenny, the TV show? I have. Yeah, the, figure it out. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> reminded me of that. Figure it out. All right, Joy, who do you have this week? I'm going with Draymond Green as my genius of the week. If you haven't like been paying attention or you live under a rock, he has gotten in like already a multitude of fights this season. He's choked players. He's punched players. And it's never like a lot of times now as of recently, it's just because like he doesn't like the way they're playing defense or they're playing offense. Um, It's not because it was provoked or like they did something um, necessarily outlandish that required that level of a response. He's now been suspended from the NBA. I did see today that he started NBA mandated counseling, and I truly hope that that helps him and that his counselor is like, I don't know, like protected and like has bodyguards because I would be scared to be in the same room with him as of lately. I just, I, I just like based on his actions and the way that he's handling him right himself right now, I just have to go with Draymond Green. So he is my genius of the week. His thing where he acts like his body is out of control and he's like punching guys or kicking them in the dick or whatever. It's like the wildest that you know what I'm talking about? It's like he'll act like he's, you know, flailing or something and he just happens to connect with a guy's face or crotch or whatever. It's just it's weird. I like him, but it's just I don't know. Just go full Lambeer. You know what I mean? Just like I hated Lambeer, but his dirty shots were at least it was evident what he was doing. Uh Draymond's are just kind of weird. <laughs> Anyway, that's my that's my dream on Grant. I'd rather he just be more directly dirty than the crap he's been doing. Yeah, it's just it's so it's it's almost comical just because of how funny he handles himself. Yeah, it was like a spinning punch he threw uh the one that got him suspended. Yeah. It was just weird looking. All right, MEG, is this a week? Should be. Should be. <laughs> you sound confident. I know. I, like I think at this point he's just confident that he might beat Casey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with my guy, Anthony Michael Lessa from Pittsburgh. Mr. Lessa, he was out visiting Florida. Of course, this happened in Florida, even though he wasn't from Florida. Anthony Michael Lessa, he was patronizing an establishment called Rick's Reef Bar on St. Pete's Beach. First, I thought it said Rick's Beef Bar, and I thought that sounded way better, but it was Rick's (laughs) Reef Bar. So... The police apparently got a call about an intoxicated intoxicated person causing a disturbance. Mr. Lessa reportedly had become upset when he was told he had already paid his bill and he was asked to leave the restaurant. Once he was outside the restaurant, he, quote, molested a plastic manatee that was in the restaurant's parking lot and was again asked to leave, officials said. Lessa then became physically aggressive with the employee who asked him to leave and started throwing gator nuggets in the restaurant's dining area before fleeing the scene, the sheriff's office said. A short time later, Lessa was reportedly yelling obscenities at employees in the nearby postcard inn, officials said. He was asked to leave but refused, prompting another call to the sheriff's office. So the sheriffs came and... This is the part that I thought was funny. They, the sheriff's apparently the police report detailed the conversation between Mr. Less and the police officer. Says police officers arrest him. He says, "What is that? Oh, that's the crap you had that you were throwing in the other restaurant." A deputy said to Lessa in video of the encounter posted to the sheriff's office. Nuggets, yeah, gator nuggets, shark bites. Lessa reported. <laughs> so for molesting a manatee and throwing gator bites in the restaurant, Anthony Michael Lessa is the genius of the week. I feel like all of yours are either from some Spanish speaking company or country or Florida. Yeah. (laughs) You alternate back and forth. It was the molesting the plastic manatee that really got me. It it was, (laughs) that was the hook. That's the first time that's come up on the show. It might be the last one. 
<laughs> All right. So my genius of the week is Oak Hill Christian College basketball team. I don't know if you guys saw this. They lost to North Dakota State University last week, 108 to 14. The highlights from the game game got posted. Wait, what was the score? 108 to 14. Oh, yeah, the highlights gonna, are tremendous. Yeah, you see the highlights. Got posted on Twitter. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's a virtual buffet of unforced turnovers, off balance three pointers, and guys getting their <laughs> blocked into the stand just over and over again. <laughs> the results weren't surprising considering their team photo. I don't know if y'all saw it. It looked like a middle school church league team. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I was like, I could walk on this team now at my age of one eye, basically, and I could get some PT. My favorite part about it was that it reminded me of when I was on our ninth grade basketball team back in the day, and we beat a team 104 to 5, and I had a broken ankle at the time, and our coach asked the ref if he could just have me stand in the corner at a walking cast and just <laughs> on offense, and it at the time, I was like, oh, I think it's so cool my coach asked that. But in retrospect, I mean, what a d- right? Like, <laughs> they're losing 104 to 5. We're going to put the guy with a broken leg in. To- He's not going to play defense. We're going to play four on five. <laughs> you had no mercy rule in that league? No, no. The guy who gave up the three-point play, by the way, because there was, there, were no, there was no three-point line, but the guy who gave up the three-point play got a whole lot of grief to get them to five points. But – for losing a game by 94 and having their shame broadcast all over the internet, Oak Hill Christian College is my genius of the week. All right, before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new episode drop last week titled The Hotels of Shreveport with special guest Nicole Auerbach where they discussed the Sickos National Championship, previewed the weekend's D3, D2, FCS, and bowl games, and discussed lots of other classic Sickos content. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. Their latest episode is titled Slander U NIL, and the show description reads, We maybe, question mark, possibly fixed our audio, question mark, TBD, Jimbo help us. <laughs> we love both <laughs> those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest is a founding member of the wildly popular Sickos Committee, one of the absolute best college football accounts on Twitter. He's also one of the hosts of the Sickos Committee podcast, which you hear us talk about every week. Jordan, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. The first time uh, I've introduced a guest with just one name. So you're like Cher or Fabio. Let me tell you, I I, I think I'm the one that is the least concerned because I'm basically out of education now. So I'm actually the least concerned about having my last name floating around at this point. But at this point, it's just, yeah, we're all one name at this point because it just feels mysterious. I don't know. We're, we're committee. So it feels like if one of us rises above that, it feels weird. Yeah, well, MBG and I don't even use our anything close to our real names. These are so government names. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You you're, you're a step ahead of us. <laughs> and I don't care. Government can't find me. Yep. I'm right. like, please, please try to find me. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Jordan, we're all huge fans of the Sickos. And I know all of our listeners are probably familiar with you all. But for any of those who aren't, wanted to start off by having you tell us kind of what y'all do and how you got started and all that good stuff. Sure. This started like most good things in life in the past couple of years as a pandemic project. I, everyone on the Sickos Committee podcast, we were all fans of the shutdown full cast for a long time. We followed those guys from. EDSBS all the way to Banner Society to whatever. And during the pandemic, they started a Discord, which for for the folks who are over the age of, I don't know, 35, like I am. Like uh, all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speak for yourself. Joy, Joy. <laughs> we have a young we have a young in two on ours. She's 28 and thanks for reminding us of that. Yep. Uh, so basically, Discord is a chat room. You have other points to it. You can voice chat, whatever, but we use it as a chat room, basically. And this was during the pandemic. We were all sort of stuck at home. So we started chatting about things. And a bunch of us got in the rooms, just started realizing that we were watching the same kind of football. We would watch New Mexico State play UTEP at weird hours. We watched (laughs) it on, I think that year it was on like the local El Paso station. We were in some sort of found it, thank God. And we realized that, I mean, Kamish, who is our nominal leader, he went, he went to ULM. Okay, ULM football is traditionally 
but I, I, I would, I, my undergrads Dartmouth, which is okay. Won the Ivy league this year, three way tie, baby. Got that one, <laughs> but traditionally not great. We have folks, you know, uh, that love these teams and are very passionate about football that is not in the mainstream. And we found that there is some wonder in that, that it's great to watch and enjoy football that is unconventionally attractive, as you like to say. Stuff that they're not going to always scream about on the big shows, but there's great storylines there. There's a lot of fun stuff. There's kids out there. Play- I say kids. Everyone under the age of like 30 is a kid. But there are kids out there who are playing. This is the, their only thing they're going to do with, with you know football professionally. They're going to have careers doing whatever else. But these are great stories. These are the Australian punters. There's the dude, you know, Diego Pavia, my man this year from New Mexico State, just <laughs> a wrestling state wrestling champion who ended up being a transformational quarterback at New Mexico State under Jerry Kill. Crazy set of words there. And <laughs> we started just doing this and getting ideas from each other. And uh, I started doing graphic design during pandemic. And so I started doing graphics and it all sort of just compounded onto a Twitter account where it is basically us posting throughout the games and bringing up the fun stuff, finding, trying to get everyone's collective attention on, Hey, the D three title game last Friday night is amazing. You should be watching this. You should be watching SUNY Cortland absolutely run over uh, North central because that game was amazing. Casey, and did you pay him to say that? I could not have set that up better. We did a games <laughs> of the week earlier in the show, Jordan, before you came on, that was mine. It was, it was great. It was fantastic. It was a great game. And so just trying to get everyone's trying to get the collective attention of everyone to those games. That's what we enjoy doing. Yeah, and it's it's been incredible to watch. I was doing a little digging around today and I found an article that someone wrote on you all and I think 2021. And uh, Bra- uh, Brandon Marcello, yeah. Yep. Or, and I was yep. talking about how you all just passed six thousand Twitter followers and now I know you're like over 125,000 last yeah, time I looked. So that's such a weird it's so weird to have that much. The, the weirdest thing now is to hear the things we say come out of other people's mouths because we have enough reach now that we can nudge things in the right direction if we want to. So we start hearing people talk about players that we like. Uh, Akron's backup quarterback, Jeff Undercuffler Jr., a man, the Undercuffler, as we used to call as we called him. He was one of the only players I know that ever got tossed from a game for mouthing off to a ref while not on the field. They gave him, they gave him a flag on the sideline. It was great. And we, we started, so whenever he'd get into a game, like we'd blow up the account, like, oh my God, the undercuffler's going in. And he ended up, after after Akron's quarterback got injured this year, he ended up playing a couple of games at the end. And he won, he was the victor, uh, the wagon wheel game against Kent State. Two teams that were having great years and the undercuffler comes in, wins it for Akron. They run to the wagon wheel. They lift, oh, it's such a great moment. That's That's the stuff. Yeah, it's it's Perfect. it's been really fun to watch uh, people get so into it. And you're right, you're you. I love that you do it unironically. You know what I mean? It's there's no making fun or punching down. It's no, you all fully enjoy you know all levels, all games, and you know even when my uh, beloved Wahoos got picked for you know one of the sickos games of the week. I think we were playing Boston College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I wasn't upset about. It. I was happy. No. <laughs> I, I thought it was an honor. So. You got to, you got to watch. Here. You got to watch Anthony Calandria play this year. One of my favorite QBs this year, because just watching him, I don't, he would go into his zone and then just the ball would leave his hand like the spirit of God. And I don't know who was going to take that spirit, but it was going somewhere. And I loved it. Something it's, exciting was going to happen when he dropped yes. back to pass. Yeah. What, more, what more do you want? What more do you want from a college quarterback? I, I assume, I guess, if you're not watching it like us, you probably want someone a little more consistent. But for us, just watching someone huck it downfield, that's... That's the good stuff. Yeah, Joy, not everyone can have a Jane Daniels. Some of us some of us get an Anthony Calandria and we're happy but, with it. But here's the best thing. Uh, so we have our, our Detmer calculations. Our Detmer statistic is our way to measure quarterbacks who just throw it. Doesn't matter who it goes to, as long as it goes to someone. And when we first ran Detmer two years ago, our winner was Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. Because oh, he was just hucking it to people with no control <laughs> and 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 it almost feels like like we, we saw the diamond in the rough and then he was taught to actually throw accurately and it was wonderful but we saw that at arizona state where he was just hucking it and great we love watching him there 
So you're telling me Calander is going to win a Heisman in a couple of years? That's what Dang I heard. It. Well, so I'd be at a different school. To transfer. Yeah, he's, yeah. You gotta you gotta get that out of your. You gotta get the Arizona. Yeah. You gotta get the Virginia out of your system, and then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> the truth of that hurts a little. Yeah. <laughs> we we always say that we offer catharsis, and that at some point, at the point where you're like, you know what? Iowa fans this year, right? Like Iowa fans going down that rap this this season and being like, we have 10 wins and I'm still crying. I don't know what's going on. These emotions are hard. And yeah, like that's you have to you have to have some sort of catharsis in this sport. That's because right. even when it goes well, it's never gonna go well for long unless you're one of like four teams. The next Amen. it's always something, something's gonna drop off, and you gotta be able to last through that point. And that's what we're here for. Right, As a so, Clemson alum, I don't know what you're talking about. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> Line goes up, baby. Not, nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> All right, George. So before we get to the posts, uh, we thought we'd each go around and each of us will ask you a question here, and we'll just let you cook. Does that work for you? Go for it. All right. Casey, you got, I don't know how long this one will be, Jordan, but historically, you need people need to strap in for Casey's question because they, they tend to wander a little. It's a couple words. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. We're all huge fans of your show, your, your Twitter page, the whole team. I'm the long-winded one, as who said, so I'm going to apologize in advance for whichever direction this diatribe takes. Uh, I'm a subscriber to the Sicko Sentinel, and if people out there are not, what are they even doing? All right, I digress, but I have enjoyed the recent multi-part series that I believe part two went out this week might have even been today the sickos committee bowl previews mm-hmm. it just really makes me laugh that you did all the closest fast food restaurants to the game which is like perfect because that's where i'd probably be running to pre-game and the closest bowling alley to each of these teams it's so wonderfully random and so wonderfully sickos and quite honestly i can't believe jacksonville state is 40 miles from a bowling alley it's crazy it right, you, you would think that jacksonville alabama would have a bowling alley in it and it's in Talladega, so you can actually go bowl a couple frames and then go watch the race. It's kind of beautiful. Anyway, all that word salad to finally get to my question. You all put out a national championship list for all of the college sports, and I use quotes, that no one realized existed, in my case, and that have national champions. Based on your extensive knowledge and research, do you believe my beloved Clemson Tigers have a chance to three-peat in the dairy tasting this year? Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to three-peat. Yeah, Yeah, they're absolutely. returning a few starters it's, or it, tasters. They're... <laughs> The the more I read about these things, the better the best I get. I actually pulled up the like the scoring sheet and the words they use to describe certain things. Like, oh, in the because they have to taste six things. It is milk, ice cream, butter, cheddar cheese, a Swiss style yogurt, and creamed cottage cheese, which really makes my stomach turn. And the words they use to describe the body and texture are firm or rubbery, mealy or grainy, overstabilized, pasty, weak, soft. Shattered curd. <laughs> I'm so feels... happy you came on tonight. <laughs> oh, it just feels it feels brutal. Shattered curd. Oh my god! You look at that and just you weep it. The you, I don't know. Oh my god! The I, fact that you looked at the scoring sheet for that is so brilliant that you could just pull that off the top of your head. <laughs> this this going into the very specific non sports or the sports or the non NCAA events has been probably the greatest joy of anything we do because we have under we have pulled up so many things that have got people so excited. We had people like begging for West Virginia cricket shirts when they three-peated. It was like, West Virginia's a cricket school, baby. Hell yeah. And then when Pitt won cricket this year, it was a huge thing. And right? stuff like that. It's, oh, it's so much fun. And I'm a band kid. I'm a musician. And so I, I you know, there's lots of stuff out there that people don't get recognized for. We figured... We're going to throw it all together and just recognize everyone for everything. Literally everything. Right. I was grateful you gave me some more things to make fun of Texas A&M for. That really came in clutch. No, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's great to have more ammo, too. Like, oh, Kansas, you know, if you're a Kansas State fan, well, of course, you know, crop judging, that's their thing. And they have a crop judging dynasty. And if you hate Kansas State, well, of course they do crop judging. They're right. a bunch of like farmers in Manhattan. Of course they are. We, we literally did a post on here uh, months ago where someone, I think it was Kansas state was making fun of another school's super mid crops. You guys mm-hmm. remember that one? <laughs> I think that was the title of the podcast. I think Does it was Virginia Iowa tech state still state. not have any national championships, even though in that. No, Virginia tech pulled up. I can't remember where they pulled up. They definitely pulled up something last year. They show up yeah. every once in a while on that one. Yeah. That's a it, shame. 
the other one is that <laughs> the other thing is that I'm having to start to put names under schools because they get a little obscure. Last year, Cuyahoga Community College won landscaping design, I think. And if you've never seen their logo, they're the Tri-C Triceratops. It's a really adorable <laughs> Triceratops logo, but no one knew what it was. Because right. <laughs> why would you? <laughs> That's a very niche audience who would know that. Right. That and and of course, d- did I go out and like order a tr- Cuyahoga Community College Triceratops hoodie? Yeah, I have one. <laughs> of course I do. Of course. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right, Joy. So, yes, guaranteed three Pete, Casey. <laughs> you just made his day. There you go. Yep. All right, Joy, what do you have for Jordan? Well, I heard that y'all got a little bit of a shout out during the Panthers Falcons game. And first of all, congratulations. Thank you. But second of all, could there have been a worst NFL game on television to get a shout out in the middle of? I think maybe 15 people were watching that game on TV and that and maybe 10 in the actual crowd. I obviously I didn't tune in, so I don't know. So congratulations. But also, like if there was a game that you would have preferred to have a shout out during, what game would that have been? Because it could not have been that one. I think that's 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 so wonderful that it's bled over to that side of it. Because when when we got a we got a shout out a couple of like late night like the, the Idaho playoff game mm-hmm. out Idaho Albany we got a shout out like this is the Kibby Gome sickos love this yeah we do but the, the crossover to NFL just makes it feel way more real like that's no that's that's real that's real football we we do the fun stuff down here no 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 I don't know what would have been even better I feel like that was sort of perfect because it's the combination of no one's watching this except people that have either a vested interest. I'm sorry if you do, uh, <laughs> or or people who are emotionally attached to those teams. I'm very sorry if you do. So that's yeah. I, I think that's sort of the perfect the perfect game it could have been. What else could I? What else could I want? The other the only other one would have been uh, it was I forget what game it was, but two teams played an immaculate half. It was oh all Raiders Vikings. Raiders there it was Vikings. yeah. It was an immaculate ago, yeah. immaculate half. All punts in the first half. What more? Like that's beauty. That would have been a good one. You're right. Yeah, it felt very on brand. We got we got tagged in some punters like recruiting announcement today, and I felt that also was extremely on brand for us. I saw that. Yeah, that's what you've you've fully entered the psyche of the college football world, right? When you, when you I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to get down to Pro Kick Australia this summer to go actually meet those folks and see what that place is like because I assume it is basically. Like the where they built uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four with punches. <laughs> I assume that's what it is. All right. So Jordan, one thing we run into quite a bit is there are some base some fan bases who are just a tad thin skinned when it comes to their favorite teams. You know, we're talking about crazy message board posts, and we do it in fun, but some fan bases get a little bit upset, even though MBG tries to make it clear that we understand that you know one post doesn't represent a whole fan base. But I was wondering, is there a fan base that's gone the other direction and fully embraced the sickos ethos and, and what you guys are all about? I'll say Iowa and Nebraska fans have been really, really good with us because they understand that we are excited for them. We want things to turn around for them. Not not because I have a specific love for Nebraska football, but because when you lose that many close games like you did last year, you're in your own version of hell. No. That, is, that is actual hell at some point. And yeah, they've really rolled with us. I I think Iowa fans, especially our little Brian Ferentz climber animation that I make every week. (laughs) They've absolutely loved that and just rolled with it. And when I stopped doing it after he got fired, they're like, no, you got to keep doing it. Just keep going. I don't care if he got fired. Make make, line go up, baby. Make him go. So yeah, I think they've really got, they've really rolled with us too. A lot of the FCS folks, especially big sky folks have been great. The Big Sky Conference itself invited, you know, a commission went to Pocatello for a game at Idaho State and got to go visit the Big Sky Conference's, conference's offices, had lunch with them. They've really embraced us, too. Lots of teams, uh, like actual, like lots of schools have embraced us, too. It's weird to this point now, whenever I go uh, press, goes press for any game, especially for bowl games, whoever I pick the, the, the little tag up from will be like, oh, so speak, we love what you do there, which is bizarre. 
Like, no, you're a real sports dude. I am some <laughs> the internet that just you know, types <laughs> for 12 hours each Saturday. We are different people. <laughs> Listen, fellow <laughs> on the internet. Uh, that, that's why we love you guys. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, you kind of lead into my question because I feel like you guys have achieved what I think is the impossible, which is to be a college football related account and be universally loved and respected and liked, at least from the outside looking in because college football fans can be a little bit prickly if you're, if, if you weren't aware of that. And so my question is, is do you guys ever get any, angry emails or dms people who are upset with anything that you've done or said about them yeah we get i think a normal amount i am do you really we do yeah because it's it's mostly i know i i very purposely don't go searching our like searching for our name okay people don't tag us in things on twitter i just don't see it because i have no need to like do that i also for the first things i did when we broke ten thousand, i shut off any uh, notifications from people who don't follow us because that made life a lot better too. But the best, my, it's my, my approach to this is very chaotic and that whenever someone posts something that's like, well, they're just not funny anymore. I'll, I'll hit the like button and go, yep. I'll reply. We were never funny. You're absolutely right. <laughs> or, you know, they, oh, they're, they're, everything is sickos. Now you're, you're right. We've totally overblown this. I don't know what the f- we're doing. You know, I just hit the, I just hit the like button and agree every time. I, I just lean into the hits because what else am I going to do? I, I, you can't punch a marshmallow. Like if, if I just agree with you about how, yeah, you're right. We are. Sh- then what do you, how bad can you come back at me for? I, I think, I think the, the angriest stuff we get is when people think that we are, not like specific fan bases, but people who think that our joke is played out. And again, which I go, yep, you're right. This was a joke that was supposed to last for two months, not three years. We're just riding it until something else works, guys. <laughs> well, that's comforting for me to hear you say that because I would have, I would have guessed that you guys got absolutely zero hate mail. Uh, nah, it, it's, it, the, one of the nicer things is that because we are because we sort of make it very clear that we don't punch down that I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh man, you mass. They know that what they're going on there. I'm going to cheer when they do well, but I do not feel the need to be like, I'm going to join in on this. But if Alabama up, I'm more than happy to punch that direction. (laughs) And so, and so that gets a lot of people on your side because you're not punching at their fan base. And Alabama people, when they f- up, they have way more people to be mad about than us. They'll go after each other first. Oh, yeah. Yep. They'll eat each other. They're going to look at us. <laughs> and th- it, that's sort of how it lands very nicely. I didn't know there was a niche here until we found it. And then we yeah, just settled in. Crack the code, man. That's, that's, that's actually bizarre. brilliant. <laughs> we'll we'll f- something up and everyone will hate us at some point. I'll, I'll do something wrong. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, we'll burn, burn bright, die bright, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at some message boards. I'm assuming you're a message board guy. Are, are you, Jordan? So I, I started this year because <laughs> it was it was after which which LSU loss was it? Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was on the podcast live and I was like, I'm just gonna look at what Tiger Dropping says, and everyone uh, else on the podcast goes, Jordan, don't do that. It's like <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look at what happens, and then I just start laughing, and they're just like, we're not gonna do this. That's so that's literally. <laughs> He said, that's literally someone else's job. That is not our job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of, and I pulled these up, but there was a lot of people wanting to bench Jaden Daniels early in the season. They wanted Oh, yeah. They wanted Kelly fired. I mean, they still want House fired, including Joy. Um, But, yeah. It's tweeted every single day. Yeah. It's, it's, It's the sort of thing of, like, you can be mad at, at what's going on at USC and what Alec Grinch fired. Like that, that makes sense. But there's a lot of other stuff that you're just like, no, like everyone just calm yourself here. You can deep breath. Yep. But good for good thing for us. They don't do that. And they, and they like to vent, vent publicly. And they all congregate in nice little places for you guys. Just, to, just, so look easy. just... It's like fish in a barrel. So the first post I was going to go over was on comes from Minnesota. Apparently they're having a rough time with 
the transfer portal up there in Minnesota, just like everyone else is, right? And that seems to be drawing the ire of all college football fans right now is the transfer portal. And this was a bit of a meltdown of sorts by a guy named Willie4060. He says, I really feel sorry for PJ. These kids have no integrity whatsoever. I've got to believe he and Heather are killing a bottle of their favorite wine each night. I'd like to take these little effers and wring their effing neck. And don't give me that BS. Well, they're just young kids. A five-year-old is a young kid and their parents. JHC, get a backbone. Merry Christmas. Happy effing New Year to all my fellow <laughs> Gopher fans who have to swallow all this crap yet still hang in there. You're elite. You're right. I'm on the second martini. <laughs> that reminds me a little bit. We were talking about Christmas movies before. It reminds me a little bit of Chevy Chase's tirade in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> what what Gopher fan is downing martinis? This is, the, this is the classiest Gopher fan I've ever heard of. Oh, my God. It's a two-olive night, man. Janet. Give me two olives. Make it dirty. Who do they think they are? North Carolina fans? Right. Like that's, if it were Wisconsin, it'd be a brandy old-fashioned. <laughs> my, my, one of my favorite drinks. I started ordering those at bars. Bartender looks at me like I'm nuts. But a brandy old fashioned very good. Wisconsin people have that correct. Well, apparently PJ's drinking wine with his wife Heather. I'm not sure which PJ face he's wearing when he's drinking <laughs> wine. I just like that uh these posts because nothing gets a kid fired up about playing for your school quite like calling them little <laughs> and disparaging their parents, right? I mean, that, that gets them lined up out the door to <laughs> Enter the portal and come sign with you. I always picture these the posters talking this way to like like their kids as well. Like <laughs> lazy kids. Right. No, no no integrity. Yeah, you're old enough to know better. You're five, right? I mean <laughs> you're six. Where's your NIL money? You're, yeah, you're six yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> we this is like an Easter egg hunt though, MBG, with this one, because this type of thing comes out every year when, when a coach doesn't nab somebody in the portal or get a five star. Like there's there's this guy on the message board every year. Yeah. Drunk and angry in the message board guy or message board. Drinking guy. martinis. Yeah. <laughs> Talking recruiting. It but it's in a comically large martini glass. Like it's one of those that you have to hold by the stem, like full on and he's sloshing it. Plastic though. Yeah, on, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I just love that like drunkenly he has convinced himself that that's why Minnesota is the way that Minnesota is, is because these stupid kids are 100 percent the issue in their entire program it could not be like a coaching issue or like a recruiting it has to be that the kids are just stupid and so are their parents yeah their parents are terrible right you got you got to have a simple you have to have a simple solution right that's what you're trying to sell here it's not that there's this multifaceted complex solution because that doesn't make for a good post if you're a poster you can't have complexity and nuance it's got to be one problem and lazy kids is good <laughs> Idiot coaches is good, and then and then fans who suck, good. <laughs> One of the things we've been doing is going through and on the podcast last off season we went through and found the best season of all time for teams who are below five hundred all time, and we found every week we covered a team, one of the worst teams historically, and found their best season. And for a lot of teams, it was back in the forties and thirties. So we got really good at finding old yearbooks and newspapers and talking about like what what were they talking about these teams. And one of the things that comes up over the last 150 years of newspaper clippings from every coast is that freshmen suck, they don't show up and cheer, and they're destroying the traditions. And that has been true since 1860-something all the way through to today. Freshmen don't wear their beanies anymore. They're destroying the traditions. That's awesome. And, of course, the only ones that are destroying the traditions are the ones that are leaving Minnesota. The, the ones that are coming into Minnesota from other schools, right? Are, they're they're maintaining the tradition, I suppose. Yeah. Those kids they're have their own the boat. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never seen anything that's more contradictory than fan bases that are so angry at players that leave the transfer portal, but so excited about players that get them. And that is yeah. literally every fan base in America, maybe minus Clemson, because they don't really hardcore believe in the transfer portal. But that's not a dig at Clemson. I'm just saying, it's just a fact. We're getting one tomorrow. Look at you, KC. Look at Dabo. Yeah, he found learning. I was learning about the portal. It's a center, but still. Oh, I thought you said a sinner. I was like, yep, Dabo will cleanse him. It's fine. 
<laughs> Bring in the sinners. We'll fix Both it. can be true. Bring in the sinners. <laughs> What's what's the what, what's the transfer portal but simply a way to bring people to God? <laughs> we got God's on. That's like three or Letterman. Coach said uh, Jesus was the first person that ever entered the transfer portal. <laughs> three days later, he got picked up by someone else. It's wonderful. <laughs> Probably Garrett Riley. <laughs> Not Matt House. I can promise you that. <laughs> All right, we got another angry one here from North Carolina. This guy seems, this North Carolina fan seems to be mad at the folks on the message board. Really mad, as a matter of fact. Um, this guy's name is Kill Devil 13. He says, bye, period, flipping to NC State. I have rooted for UNC my entire life because my uncle played football there. Can't do it anymore. This board alone is why. Y'all are so rude. It makes me hate UNC and hope they lose just to darken the day of the pompous brats of this board. Go ahead and downvote and make snide comments that I won't read. Chapel Hill is a woke nightmare full of transplants. There is a, a reason state, ECU, App, Wake, and Duke all hate UNC. Even Virginia considers UNC a rival. It's the wine and cheese fans and snobs on here. I hope West Virginia wins by 30. Take my Hills shirts, etc. to goodwill. Nothing the team did, just the pricks on this board. Go Wolfpack. Make it 4-0 next year. Have you ever been so mad that you would just give up on your team and switch to the rival? But not because of the team, but because of the fans. Because <laughs> the fans pissed you off so much. <laughs> Some anonymous 45-year-old dude on his phone. Sure. This is sure. Bo Nix in... 20 years. I thought you were going to say now. Well, it is him <laughs> currently. That's miss. what I'm saying. Like, this is what this is who he would be as a father. Like, that's who he was as a player. Not so Bo Nix. Bo, Bo, the other Bo. Ole Miss Bo, right? No, Bo Nix. He literally left Auburn because their fans were so mean to him. Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Not Auburn. Dr. Bo, too. Yeah. Not the Auburn fans. Right. I'm sure if he goes to a different message board, everything will be fine, though. There won't be any on the on the NC State message boards, right? The best oh. part at the bottom is that there are five downvotes for this. <laughs> like, yes. And I, I assume that underneath it, it was a bunch of people saying, like, you know, basically, peace. Oh, no, please don't go. Right. right. That's exactly. This is this person failed post like posting 101. Is it <laughs> the announce you're leaving post is never the good option here. <laughs> never the good option. You do well, the fade. That- offended me about this post is that this guy called <laughs> UNC a wine and cheese school. That's us. That's y'all. Like, that's that's the one thing we've got. Like, don't call, don't let UNC have that. And then the, even Virginia is, you know, considers it is literally the South's oldest rivalry. So yeah, they're a rival of ours. <laughs> um, so now just because of this post, I don't really think about NC state fans that much, but I'm actively rooting against them. So I'm, this post actually worked on me because I'm petty enough for this annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> but this is this is the op- this is the opposite of the way the energy you should have as a UNC fan. There's a reason that state ECU app wake and Duke hate us all because we're awesome. That's the answer. Yeah, exactly. it's like we're we're better than them. That's why they hate us. <laughs> yep. You gotta get that. Gotta get that in your head. I feel like every state has that. Like in Utah, it's you know obviously BYU is that school to everybody else and if texas it's texas uh looking down on everyone else oklahoma oklahoma everybody's got that same dynamic in uh inside the state i think i don't know about louisiana i was gonna say i don't think we do but that's just because there's no other major school that well but go go underneath y'all though because the next yeah, level down they all hate each other like oh yeah louisiana lafayette hates louisiana monroe and they all hate louisiana tech oh they they hate tech like first off yeah. i can't i can't mission i can't mention the raging cages on the podcast because commission like loses it but then yeah. if i mentioned if i mentioned rustin and he's like that's a trash city for trash people so like it's it's real it's real it is the only dry parish in the entire state yeah of I've, I've been told that many times yeah he's reminding yeah. me that every time i bring it up like you know they're yes i know they're a dry parish i almost went to college there i'm really thankful i met jesus first there not dabo just jesus <laughs> the other one well dabo would have been soon to follow i think he's the next one you meet got it so, this, this seems like a lateral move in the fan transfer portal because I don't know if you, you all, Casey knows this probably just as an ACC guy, but 
going from a team that last won the ACC in 1980 to a team that last won the ACC in 1979, it's not, it's not really <laughs> you're, you're looking for in the transfer portal. So, but as as a fan though, the vibes are entirely different. Oh my god, yeah. So I, yeah. I maybe maybe that's what this is this is because clearly, okay, I'm a fan because my uncle played football there. I'm assuming not an alumnus. So you have more of a freedom of your, you know, you have that transfer portal. You can move. But I feel like maybe you'll like, maybe he'll like the vibes of NC State better because they are very different vibes. I, plenty of folks, you know, I can't imagine someone going like, no more UNC. I'm going to go be an App State fan. Right. Maybe, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe you see some time in Boone and all of a sudden life's way better. Moonshine hits different. <laughs> I was gonna say Boone is a. Boone I was gonna say something else. Place. <laughs> Moonshine works too. Yeah, Moonshine. Moonshine is a nice place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll finish this off with one last post. This is a post from last week. It's a little bit stale now, but it's too funny not not to go over. It was a post from a Georgia board about Dylan Riola, who obviously was a Georgia commit, and. At the time this post was made, he was going to go visit Nebraska. I think we found out today that he actually flipped his commit to yes, Nebraska. He which, yes, he did. Georgia fans are handling it very well. Which, That's yeah, they're not handling it well. But they really he wasn't really that good anyways. Um, Never. <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal. But they had this plan hatched that was going to stop him in his tracks and keep him in Georgia. So this is a guy named the Laguna Dog. And he says, does anyone here work at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport? It's Always a scary start to one of these posts, by the way. <laughs> makes, my, makes, my, makes my stomach just clench. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> it says, it's being reported that Rayola will visit Nebraska on Friday. I assume that he'll take the 2.21 p.m. Delta flight, which is also the last flight of the day to the state. Therefore, if this flight gets canceled, he likely won't be able to make the trip and will stay committed to Georgia. Obviously, mess. This is the best part. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope. So, I'm not suggesting that anybody does anything illegal, but does anyone here work for Delta? If some loyal Georgia pilots or flight attendants to call in sick at the last minute, the flight could be canceled and we could keep Rayola. Maybe someone working could hold the flight up for quote-unquote maintenance issues at the very least he could quote lose his check bags unquote so he'd have to experience the nebraska winter without a jacket i'm just spitballing ideas but if anyone has anything else <laughs> those would also be appreciated i always love when they go to the message boards just to elicit more illegal activity He's just yeah. spitballing. I mean, this, this is the sh this is the sh you do on tour. Like this is dark web. <laughs> you need dark web to do this. Fire up tour. Get onion browser going. Okay, you're planning this on Dogs HQ. Your opsec is awful here, guys. I'm always cracking up because, like, what if he actually would have gotten on a plane and there was like maintenance issues, and then, like, and then it like came back to this post and like. It, I just always think about like the what if that actually would have happened just like by happenstance. I mean, flying commercial during yeah, the holidays. Anything can happen. Yeah, be a delay. As someone that flies in and out of Atlanta all the time, I, I it happens to me all the time. So I'm like, that's it would not be abnormal for that to happen. And then somehow it would all go back, and like this guy would get all of the credit, even though it was probably just a fluke. And or, he'd probably or, get a or, couple or, calls too. Or, or, or a visit from federal agents, either way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the good indicators. We've talked about this before of like what makes a brilliant message board post. If multiple people tag the FBI in their responses, then that it's a pretty solid post, I would say. And this one, that definitely happened. This had the single best line I've ever seen in a message board post was the obviously messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope. Yeah, that was You're, brilliant. You think? Like it goes with like this is not legal advice. This is not medical advice. Obviously, messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope. Right. The magic words. You can't. You can't sue me. I didn't say that you should do this. Won't someone rid me of this meddlesome quarterback? Like that's. I'm just saying. Right. Hypothetically. Yeah, I saw somebody responded to this and said, 
Imagine being willing to end up on a no-fly list because of an 18-year-old who's been to four <laughs> high schools and committed to three different schools in 28 months. <laughs> oh, recruiting. He said something today about he, how he wasn't a good quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Trash quarterback. We didn't even need him. He would have brought down the whole program. Carson Beck's coming back. I mean, who needs him? Yeah, that's the typical. They'll say that or he'll be back. Like, oh, he'll get there. He'll come back eventually anyways next year. He's overrated. I mean, how like this is this is this is the epitome of the Quinn Ewers experiment of Quinners, we didn't need him. He's going off to Ohio State. Oh, he's back. We love him so much. Yeah. Thank you. You're blessed us with your mullet. It's amazing. We love you so much. Like me with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Is that about the mullet? Or? <laughs> you'll never know who. You'll never know. So Jordan, I listened to uh, you guys had Nicole Auerbach on last week, and you were talking about, I thought this was brilliant, about how, with the uh, Shohei Otani thing that people were talking about, like what flights he might be on. And I think one of the things you all were discussing was how far ahead college football is on all this stuff, right? With the oh, flight yeah. trackers and everything. And this is like the next step in that evolution, right? Where, you know, the flight now, apparently according to this guy, and now you got to figure out how to tamper with it. And so we're going to start seeing, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that someone should bring me a pair of spike strips, but I do know that a car is heading out of, <laughs> heading well, out of the airport. So, well, we had a Clemson fan earlier this year who got the bus tracker. He had tracked a Greyhound bus. He thought Shane <laughs> Dino was on. He was heading to Wofford. Yeah, he was going to take the Wofford job. Knew it. Those ter- hey, those Terriers had two big wins this year. One over Windless Citadel, and then absolutely took it to uh, the Furman for. Drop Furman down six places in the FCS playoff in the rankings because they got molly waft by one and nine Wofford. Go Terriers. Hell yeah. <laughs> Beamer would get them to six wins. Easy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love I think you, MDG. So, hey, so, SoCon ain't no good thing, man. SoCon's tough. <laughs> I, I, I believe, how many, I mean, how many SEC, I was going to say, how many SEC teams have a SoCon championship? But actually, a lot of them do because they were all back into SoCon back in the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Pre-1919 or whatever it was. Yep. MBG, did you – I'm sure you saw this. You got the quote tweet from Albert Breer. Oh, yeah, 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 I did. That was a big one. He said, I don't know what the greatest message board post of all time is, but this has to be a contender, which I'd say that's a pretty solid <laughs> solid. Yeah. It's definitely a top three probably. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's always the GOAT message board post was the guy from Alabama who was wondering if Tua could speak English, but that was before my time. Right. Uh, but that, I think, is the all-time best message board post. But this is probably top five ish. Yeah, this is up there. Doing some word free word association. I'm just thinking of things we could do, guys. Don't spitball in here. Well, that's all I brought for us, guys. Jordan, we appreciate uh, having you on. It's been fun. Um, you want to tell everybody where they can find y'all at? I think everyone probably already knows, but um, plug away. If you don't know, you can find us at, at Sickos Committee on Twitter. Sickos Committee on Instagram, Sickos Committee on the Blue Sky. We are also have our podcast, the Sickos Committee Podcast. We have a Patreon as well. For $5 a month, you can come yell at us on Discord in real time. Tell me how my opinions are in real time. I listen. I promise you, if you pay five bucks, I'll listen to you more before I ignore you. I promise. Uh, we also have our Sickos Sentinel, which is our Substack, which is a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of more writing now, which is great. And yeah, we're sort of just all over the place. So. Whatever we pop up next, you'll find us. Awesome. awesome. Appreciate you, you coming so on, much, buddy. Jordan. That was awesome. Had a, had a blast, guys. Thank you so much. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.